Welcome to the Black Community Forum, a podcast dedicated to exploring issues in black and brown communities from mental health, relationships, love, social and civic duty, and our role in society. I'm your host, Soretta L. Bell, and I invite you to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and Terrence Bell and Michael Jensen. And we're speaking about what it is to be out in the black and brown community. So in celebration of LGBTQ2+, plus, I believe that's all the letters. I'm not sure. But... Even I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Even I don't know. I can't keep up. We're still growing and learning, but it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about being out in today's society? I know it's it's being more celebrated, but I know there's also still a stigma that comes along with it, especially in black and brown communities. So I'll start with you, Shani, because um, the fact that you and Kara are older, Kara are older, Mm -hmm. You've seen some different changes where Terrence and Michael are a little younger and it's been more embraceable in years of recent. So what do you think about it? I mean, it's, it is interesting the way that things have kind of um, changed over the years. When I came out, I was 17 and that was in 1999. (laughs) So coming out then was not a comfortable experience at all. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my entire life. And uh, there were several people around me that made sure it was uncomfortable. <laughs> so, But today, obviously, things have changed. They've changed in a more rapid way than I think any of us older gays expected. And uh, it's it's nice to see. I kind of hate to see that uh, it seems like things are regressing again with the mm-hmm. way that politics and everything has kind of affected uh, people's thought process about the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, yeah, the media. But overall, it's definitely a safer experience, I guess. But you still need to to keep your head on the swivel. You know, if you're if you're different, people will look to try and um, capitalize on that in some way sometimes. And sometimes it's a negative situation. So how do you feel about it, Terrence? I know as my son, you came out probably when you were around 14 or 15. How do you feel it, it looks now? Um, I remember around 15, my freshman year of high school I came out. I feel like now, when I came out around that time, even though it wasn't that long ago, I feel like it was like a better thing. It's still a thing to be, you know, to work through and things of that nature because still it's a thing that parents and everybody are still trying to understand and everything around that time even. But I feel like but I feel like it's been a lot better because you and dad were very accepting of course shocked but you were still very accepting of me and loving of me and i feel like it's been better for most people with some of my friends um but it's still some work that can be done 
out there in order for it to be an easier process. But I feel like it's becoming easier to where people aren't as harsh or bashful or ready to disown their own just because of it. I feel like it's became a lot easier, in my opinion. I was going to say, now in our community, how do you feel like, do black people instantly look at it differently now? I think we accept sometimes a little bit better, but then there's also that radical side of being black where not in our house, not this family, or their relig our religious beliefs overtake how we see it. How do you feel, Mikey? Well, to actually speak on the part of the religious radicalism of it, that's kind of how my family is with it, so I never really had a coming out. Even till this day, they still do not know. <laughs> so I just kind of just started in somewhat of living a double life, but not per se. It's just that part that I don't speak about, even though I still am who I am. They just don't know, you know... You haven't what, admitted it out loud yes. to them. Okay. Do you think they know or understand or just it's easier unspoken? I would say no, even glimpsing hints of it, like with some of my cousins and even my aunt who are out, they are completely shunned by the rest of the family. I mean, so, and they were pretty close. So to the fact that they could do that to them and they were so close... I already know what could possibly happen to me. So to even avoid that, I don't want to ruin this image of them, which is it. I wouldn't say ruin the image, but give them another side of me that it kind of doesn't even matter. To me, it doesn't really matter yeah. what I do in my private time. I still am who I am. It's just that of what I do in the bedroom is not <laughs> spoken about. Okay. So, Shani, you and Kara are married. Or, yes. So, how do how do the families on both sides take this? Uh, <laughs> it was well. We've been together for fifteen years now, right? And uh, when it first, I had been out for so long before I met Kara that my family already was aware that I was out and. In the beginning, it wasn't that easy. Uh, my mom did. I came out to my mom first. She did end up accepting and then protecting me from other people in my family and, and defending me uh, viciously sometimes, which was amazing. Uh, my dad, he accepted every, you know, he accepted it immediately, immediately. I didn't really have any uh, feelings of being uh, not accepted by any of my uh, family on my dad's side. It was my family on my mom's side who are more religious that had a little bit harder time accepting it. But eventually they came around and I met Kara when I was... 26. 26. And I was 28. Yeah, and she was 28. Mm -hmm. So she had more of a coming out situation mm -hmm. than I did with our relationship. I'll let her speak on that. Yeah, I didn't come out until... About five years after being in our relationship. And of course, I came with three small children and we did not tell. <laughs> we just were best of friends living together. And um, Roommates. we never said anything. And I didn't tell my mom 
we were just friends and uh my sister's gay so um that didn't make it easier because she was afraid if if i even stepped into the territory that she would be blamed for it because my family is very religious so um my dad came with a shotgun to my house and forced me to tell him and that's how he intimidated me into being honest i guess he had a a hunch <laughs> So he came to my house and we got in the car and he was like, hey, let's go for a drive. And he's like, you see, I have this this uh, gun right here, so I'm going to ask you a question. Wow. And he's like, so are you guys together or what? I mean, what am I? <laughs> I was forced at that point. So that was about three years in. And um, then I didn't say anything to anyone until my mom kept asking me, what happened? when are you going to find this great man and when are you going to do this live? And I was like, Shani, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> I was like, I can't have her continue to think that I'm going to be with a man for the rest of my life. Like, that's just not what it is. And I was on board with her hiding it because I knew that the backlash would probably be extreme because of their religious views. Yeah. And uh, the, I had already met her family and they loved me, but they didn't, I didn't know that they would end up accepting me in the context of us being together. I come from a completely immersed Jehovah's Witness background. So um, that's where they all, you know, you're discarded no matter really what you do if it doesn't fit. But um, it just, I still, I'm going to go see my dad in a couple of days. I haven't seen him since 2018. And I am still terrified. <laughs> To this day, because I'm like, do I bring Shani or do we like, you know, I don't know. If you want me to come to his house, I'm like, do I step foot in your, I don't think so. I have to play on a different turf, like, you know, protect me and her. But, um, uh, but in the end, but in the end I mean, my kids, they were fine. They, they love Shani. They accepted it. And, uh, I mean, that's their mom. Yeah. <laughs> they have two moms. Yeah. And um, but really, the, I would say between us, the biggest uncomfortableness comes from my side of the family. And um, but I, I will say that your mom is super yeah, supportive now. I she mean, is now. Mm -hmm. People change they over do. time, and their hearts become softer. They love Shani, so I sometimes you know. You know, I that, as a mother, um, you know, Terrence came out, and you know, people say, oh. That's such a hard life and you mourn for grandkids you're not going to have. And that was never my situation, how I felt. I was so more concerned about people shunning him straight off because he was gay, not because yeah. of anything else. He's also a black man. So they, there was a, in my mind, I was scared people weren't going to love him and not to get to know him just because they automatically shut off the gay part. Like, Oh, he's gay. He's, oh, yeah. and he's mm -hmm. such a great person. So that was the bigger thing for me was like, they're not going to get to know, you know, you once you put this label on you. And mm -hmm. that's exactly where my mom came from when I first came out. And it wasn't that I cared that he was gay because I didn't see it as any kind of a situation that was my fault or anyone's fault or anything like that. I also understood it as I live in a society where anything different, being black is different, being Hispanic is different. So people tend to gravitate away from whatever is different and ostracize it in some kind yeah. of way. 
So, Mm -hmm. and love is love is just, you know, do you find you're attracted to another man? That's just how it is for him. I didn't see it any way, but I know him and Michael being together. He, he did explain to me that he wasn't out to his family and I, I respect that. And as long as Mm -hmm. Terrence is okay with it, I'm okay with it because I, after hearing Michael's explanation you know i know that there's a lot for people to unpack and sometimes they just don't understand how to unpack it and they look to lash out and it's hurt and they don't they don't they don't see it as a this is still my child it's still the same person i gave birth to they just choose to love differently than what i think is normal and there's no normal in it it's love it's just it's just a loving situation as long as there's no abuse I'm happy with whoever. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. But I, oh. I'm saddened to hear stories like that where people still have to hide that or yeah. oh. they're concerned like you're living a double life. You're, oh, I live here. <laughs> this is who I'm with. But we're roommates. And I know a lot of friends who are a lot even older than you and I that uh-huh. have been roommates with someone for 30 years. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like... <laughs> Okay, so they still haven't put that together, and neither yeah, have yeah. gotten married to anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's something my mom said uh, when I saw her recently. She said, "You know, I just didn't know I could have two gay daughters. I knew maybe one, but not two. Mm. <laughs> but they tend to take on that responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, it's a mother's mm-hmm. job. Like we think." What did I do wrong? Where did that go wrong? Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. not that. It's just, right. it's not. It didn't change, you know, how I felt one way or another about TJ. I, I still mm-hmm. look at him as the same loving person. I mean, I think it took a little longer for Terrence, his dad, to understand that when he said he was gay, it meant he liked boys because he was like, well, two men don't sleep together. I'm like, well, what do you think gay means? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In his mind, it was just like, oh, okay. And, I mean, yeah. Mikey has lived with us now for, what, about four or five years? Mm-hmm. And we're okay. We understand yeah. it's just they love each other. There's, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it's the same as Chris and Tink loving each other. It's no different. They're in a right. relationship. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is, like, can you just see the love? It's about the love. Like, mm-hmm. stay out of my bedroom. You know, that's, like, the biggest problem I feel like all around is you're so concerned of what about what goes on in my bed that you can't see how much love that we have right yeah and how rich the relationship is yeah and how your children are growing up in a loving household yeah yeah, yeah my kids are are proud yeah. they walk around my oldest son he's 27 he's like I was raised by women yeah <laughs> You know, I had two moms. He has, I mean, they have an advantage that a lot of kids don't have. Mm-hmm. They, they're able to see, uh, especially as uh, heterosexual males, mm-hmm. they're able to see the world differently because they're seeing it from both of our perspectives, right. which I think has enriched their lives dramatically because they're able to articulate how it helps them in life, and, and it does. So we know we didn't do bad. (laughs) Yeah. And I was going to say also one of the things like what we were talking about as far as society's acceptance and 
we are seeing a little backlash now with the right wing. And like you said, it becomes more of a political issue. But yeah, just thinking back when I first met gay people in my early teens, late teens, when and that was in the early 90s, 91, 92, how mm-hmm. everyone was so like, oh, my God, like they were unicorns, like, oh, they're gay. That, <laughs> that person's gay. And what did it mean? And, <laughs> right. And then fast forward to now, it's like, oh, okay. That's not even a discussion. Like, I don't go, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're gay. Or, oh, my God, he's gay. Like, it's so commonplace that Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it it had to start somewhere. It's not just, it didn't just appear 10 years ago. It's been there. It's Uh just like I said, so many people were having to live dual dual lives or live in secret. We were hiding because violence was being enacted on Mm -hmm. gay, lesbian, and trans people in front of our faces. I had a friend who was gay, and he taught me not to come out because they whooped him something fierce, and he had to move schools. And I had never really, you know, contemplated coming out. But after that, I was assured (laughs) that I would not come out at any time in that particular time and space, which was high school. There was just no way to to be able to dodge the inevitable because, you know, children are cruel, unfortunately, and they become cruel adults. And I was going to say, you came of age during the Laramie, Wyoming situation where oh, yeah. things and, you know, I think about all of that and I've lived through it. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. live through going all the way back to um, New York where they were coming out and they were standing their grounds at Stonewall, but... I've lived through enough stuff that I'm like, wow, just in the 80s, seeing how when AIDS came about and how gay people then were shunned to think now, you know, there's, you know, we see commercials now saying, know your, know your, um, if you're positive HIV status and their medicines and you see people living Mm -hmm. happy and active lives where in the 80s, they made it seem like, oh, that's it. You're dead tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's a death sentence. And, and you know, we have shows come out like The Real World with Pedro, who that's the first time I had ever seen anyone with HIV or so I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. It was impactful. I, I don't think a lot of us at that age really knew that gay people existed outside of, you know, the the jokes. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you see this real person with this real life and. He has this husband or this boyfriend at the time, and he's dying from HIV or AIDS at that time, right? Because it had progressed. And he was just a regular dude, like a regular human being, compassionate, full of love. And I think things like that kind of culturally changed the tide a little bit. And, and there were several things that happened like that in the media and in pop culture that have brought us here now, you know? So that everyone had to open a door at some point for us to get here, which I'm grateful for. Good. And I was going to say, you know, speaking to Terrence and Mike, you guys have the benefit of being younger and you have like a community of friends. I see all your friends. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel like with your friends, you have those people that you can bond with? I know not everyone has the same back story like, oh, our parents are so accepting but how do you feel being able to at least go out in public? Y'all can celebrate and have fun, have your events, and you're not scared that you're going to come out 
you know, sometimes I, I'm not going to say that 100 percent you can live with these blinders on because we still have shootings and people who are <laughs> radical and crazy. Mm -hmm. But you have a community. There's neighborhoods that you can go to and celebrate. Does that make you feel better knowing that the needle has been pushed just a little bit further in your lifetime and for your life? I would say yes, because especially where I come from, this this here in Atlanta, this community does not really exist at all. There is no, oh, we're going to go to Linux and we're going to put on our best stuff. We're going to strut around. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So, I mean, I am happy to see the fact that I could, no matter where I go, can see someone within my group that I can just instantly connect with. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I'm able to go out and just be myself and be able to be affectionate with Michael, no problems mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. But we've never even had that problem. But I know that's still like a thing that could possibly happen. But I know here it's more accepting. Like this is like one of the biggest capitals for the LGBT here in New York and Los Angeles. I hear Houston is too and Dallas. Mm -hmm. is pretty big capitals for it but i just love the fact that i'm able to go out with my friends and we all got each other no matter what like we look out for each other we're like a family to one another and yes we do come from different backgrounds and everything somehow still similar in ways but i just love the fact that it's been a more accepting place to be able to even do these type of things yeah so cara and shani you guys have a community, as TJ was saying, in Houston, because um, you've moved yeah. back to Houston. Um, how is it? Is it? Have you seen it grow exponentially over the years now that more people are living out, living out and oh, proud? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there was a time when, you know, when I first came out, I also moved out because <laughs> mm -hmm. I had to. But yeah. Uh, when I first came out, I was introduced to the entire community here in Houston through a coworker of mine who was also gay. And uh, he showed me my community. And that has been my community since I came out. Um, the community has grown, but it's like who you kind of grow up with. It's almost like being in a high school situation, not in the derogatory way that high school is, but in the community way that high school is you know you have the people that you've always hung out with these are people that you grew up with throughout your time in the lgbtq plus community these are people that you're you guys have followed each other to each club to each event to each you know thing that we have going on in our communities and you see each other and you're like hey you've been doing you know these are people that i've been running into for the last 25 years so the community has gotten bigger, but the people that were already a part of the community when I was coming up, they're still there mm -hmm. and they're still doing their thing. And, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. It's an excellent thing to have community. I will say that the best thing about being in the alphabet mafia <laughs> is having your community. It's having people that understand how you feel people that have been through similar things and also hearing stories from people who have been through much worse or much better. It gives you some, some insight on how being LGBTQ plus really 
affects different people from all walks of life. It's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, and for me, because I'm an ally, as they mm-hmm. tell me that is the thing, and I love it because I've always known, like I said, in the industry I'm in, I've known a lot of gay, queer, bi, trans people, and I've, I've never seen, I never discounted them just because of those things. Now, just like yeah. anyone, there's some crazies in all communities, but for the most part, I never was like, oh, because he's gay, I can't hang with him. He, he's gay or oh. he's queer. You know, it was always just, I got to know the people for who they were. And just like anyone else, they wanted love. They wanted the same respect and acceptance. They wanted to be able to live their life the way they wanted to. If that meant they wanted to put on a wig today, sometimes it's shocking if you come to work with a beard and a wig. But I I guess (laughs) I worked through it, you know. (laughs) And even with my own sons, you know, seeing Mike and TJ when they all come with their friends and they have a motley crew, I like to say like that crew of people that I'm like okay that baby is dressed totally different and I have to open Mm -hmm. my eyes and say years ago that wouldn't even been the case that person would have been scared to even be able to wear that outfit because it would have ostracized them instantly and Mm -hmm. people would have like you said they could have been malicious enough to put their hands on them or do something even worse and you not hear from the person again so I do appreciate Mm -hmm. to see how far things have come. There are some times where I'm like, are we doing, have we opened the door too much? Because then I feel like there's a narrative that gets pushed sometimes to younger kids. And I'm like, okay, is this the time to say these things to them at three and four? And honestly, it's not that I'm against anything. It's just that I'm trying to understand everything from an open mind. Not that, you know, when I hear people question sometimes, the community, that mafia comes out in a way that I'm like, oh, now that we got to cancel everybody because they asked that one question. And it's not that I'm being against it. It's that sometimes it's just for an understanding. Like Mike and TJ will tell you, I'll ask them all the time, like, okay, what is pansexual? Like this is a whole <laughs> new level of something. I'm like, okay. So jokingly we'll say, oh, does that mean you have sex with pots and pans? What does it mean? Like I'm trying to understand because now it just seems to be so many layers and identity markers that people like to give themselves like, oh, I'm this. And I'm like, okay, well, doesn't that fall under the same thing as queer? And they're like, no, that's not because I don't, I don't have a gender role. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I, I don't understand. And it's not that I'm being rude. I'm just trying to understand. So I'm asking as People in the community, how do you sometimes see it? Because I know when you came out, it was just either gay or straight. Yeah. Or bisexual. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's why, I mean, when I say us older gays, uh, lesbians and bisexuals and gays all went by the same name at one point. Uh, I don't know why that is, but that's just culturally what I've observed. So whenever we have these new titles introduced, it is a little different and it is confusing sometimes and uh, it's confusing for us too. We don't, we don't really know all the definitions either and things are being uh, discovered daily. It seems like, you know, the way that people feel within themselves, they want to be able to express it, but there's not quite a word to put to it. And so they've, 
you know, or maybe there is a word to put to it that's more scientifically based and that's what they choose to go by. You know, I, myself, I'm just, I'm just a lesbian. <laughs> that's it. I'm just a lesbian. I don't, Same. I don't really have any, my gender is female. Yeah. I feel like a woman. Mm -hmm. I go by she, her. Um, but I also understand that when you're young, you are really trying to figure out who you are. And I think that with all of these new things introduced, maybe it makes it easier for people to figure out who they are. I'm not sure. It's like growth and expansion evolving. Yeah. And then as time goes, different things develop and evolve into other things. Yeah. You know? I, I can't, you know, obviously I can't speak, speak for, for everybody. people who, yeah, who are in the, uh, you know, who are pansexual or people who want to be uh, referred to as they, them, or people who feel genderless or, you know, however that is. I can't speak on their behalf. I can just kind of speak from my perspective. I respect it all day mm -hmm. uh, because we got to respect each other. Right. We got to respect who the other person wants to be and who they are. If you identify as a uh, acorn, guess what? I'm still respect you no matter what because you, you're not doing anything to harm me by feeling exactly. Uh, feeling about how you feel right about how, who you are inside that's no place for me to be whatever you are that's you i'm, I'm okay with that as long as you're not identifying as an axe murderer i'm okay <laughs> you know i was gonna say how early did you feel that you knew you were different because cara here you know you had three children oh yeah you came mm -hmm. out like were you uh, at that moment did you think oh i'm i'm playing this role or I actually love this person that I'm having these children with, but I'm not loving this man the way that I would love a woman. So to Yeah. Speak. Well, I mean, I was young, so I was a young mom. One of those things where, you know, get pregnant and then your parents send you off to get married situation. <laughs> mm. So I never really felt um, that connection. I stayed for many years for about 13 years. And so I was 28 um, when everything changed for me and uh, had, a, you know, I would say I was about, I don't know, 25, 26 when little things were setting off in my head. And I was like, you know, something's different. <laughs> and I was like, this just isn't, this isn't going to work. It isn't what I want. I'm not in love. I'm not feeling the attraction. There was just so many things missing. But I was so immersed in religion that I couldn't even see what I was showing, you know, um, what I had felt since I was younger. And I just pushed it down and ignored it. And um, finally cut off, you know, that relationship. And then, of course, me and Shani connected after that's a long story, but we actually went to the same church at one point when we were younger and didn't even realize it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I was married, so she saw me in the church with children and being a teenager. It's just a really strange situation. And uh, once I did come out, I, I just felt like I couldn't hold it back. I just wanted everyone to know, you know, and Shani did kind of, you know, tell me, hey, <laughs> calm that down a little bit. But 
I just feel, you know, like it just feels like me. It's who I am. It's who I've always been. And Shani, as your cousin, you know, I don't think there was ever a conversation or anyone said in the family like, oh, by the way, Shani's a lesbian or she's out. I think we just automatically loved, you know, it didn't matter what what the situation was like. If you would have shown up with the green person, if you would have told us that's who you loved, I think our family is that family that is just like, okay, that's what they're doing. All right. Yeah. And we're from the beginning. Yeah. I, I mean... My dad has been that away all of our lives. And my mom, you know, even with TJ, my dad spoke to me years ago and was like, hey, someone was trying to bully him over the phone. I don't appreciate that because if that's who he is, that's who he is. And mm-hmm. at that point, he wasn't, he hadn't come out, but it also let me know that in our family, it wasn't going to be a big deal when he, if he did come out, if, if, and he oh, yeah. it would not be like, oh, hold on, we need to sit down and. Let's all intervene or something. It was more or less like, if that's who he is, he's still TJ to us. So it doesn't matter anything else. And I think Mike can say that we've, my mom and everyone else is accepting him. My sisters, it's never like, oh, who are you? And what is going on? (laughs) And it was actually quite shocking. Like when I first got here, there's another reason why I was so quiet. I was just like, yo, these people is really all up in my business. (laughs) It's just like, come talk to us. And I'm just like, again, like I said, from home, I would know that is just not something that would have ever happened. So I would say I'm lucky and blessed to have found these people to be so welcoming of me and accepting me as part of their family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grandma and Grandpa, those are the, beside uh, my dad, those are the only people on our side of the family that uh, I came out to. And they were extremely cool with yeah. it. They were like, well, I mean, it is who you are. Are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Okay, well, we're happy. All right, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. There wasn't it's any not a real big discussion in our family, I think. No. And I hate that more families in the black and brown communities aren't this open it's like i think our religious beliefs sometimes overtake our love what is decent humanity and what the foundation of christianity and religious beliefs are is to love one another as you love yourself Mm -hmm. right i'm like you that is what we're supposed to be doing and like you said it it starts to get clouded when people are looking inward into someone's personal bedroom because that's all it is with anything else because it's yeah. always followed when they find it out it's always followed with those questions it's never just looking yeah, at, yeah. oh you're gay okay cool they got to know more and more about what do you yes. do how yes. did you get and it like, who's the woman all these we're both women we're both men what yeah, right. It, it, it's, it's, it's the really man. Yeah, it's some <laughs> of the most disrespectful questions that come from both men and women. It's like yeah. it's like they think that they have a free pass to say, "Oh, well, how does that happen?" Yeah, well, how you does know? that work? Like, okay, well, you you have the internet, yeah. <laughs> and then you they it's it's almost like they expect you to go through details, and you know, and it's like, wow. Well, but I would never ask that of any couple. I thought y'all didn't want to know this, part. Yeah. <laughs> but here you are asking. Asking, yeah. yeah it's. It's weird. It is. It's, it's a very weird <laughs> very situation where people feel the absolute need to know those intimate details where 
at the end of the day, all it should be is like, oh, you're loving each other. Okay, great. It's what. Yeah, it's that's that. They don't ask me and my that. husband and say, well, how does that work? Who's doing what? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> who's doing what in the bedroom? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Who's doing what? Yeah. And the thing is, is that there's probably a lot more variety with straight people than there <laughs> in, you know, in, in the sexual way <laughs> than there is with a lot of gay now, and uh, lesbian and otherwise, you know? People find a new it's a pretty simple thing that, you know, most people make make a big deal out of it because it's unfamiliar to them you know and again like i said there's times where i'm i'm shocked because people are asking questions and then mm -hmm. next thing you know they're ostracized or that person is canceled they're canceled because they asked a question now there's other people who say malicious and mean and just downright yeah. things that i'm like yeah that, there's no place in society for that yeah there's asking questions are allowed yeah and it's you're allowed to ask know. questions. That's the whole purpose of my conference, you know, for me having a podcast. And not just yeah. this topic, but any topic. I'm trying to understand and I want our community to understand better. To understand yeah. that people are people. That black yeah. and brown people go through some of the exact same things that white folks go through. Mm -hmm. But ten times worse because of our society, how it's set up. And then to mm. be black and living out your life it is even worse sometimes because how yeah. they say it it's like a double stamp against you you're you're a black woman oh my god and yeah. now you're a lesbian so wow yeah. either they'll in. take it as a negative or they'll make it into this impossible positive which is like you're the unicorn i've been called that many times mm -hmm. and it's like they see this trifecta of things that should have kept me down but didn't <laughs> and it's shocking to people but i don't know why because the resilience of black people should be recognizable anywhere regardless yep. of who they choose to marry or be with or you know what they choose to do with their life especially the resilience of black women i'm not sure why it's such a surprise it's something that we are it's born in you know it's it's we're birthed with that it's born inside of all of us exactly and again i think if nothing else I want to get across in this podcast is love everyone like love. If this is happening in your family where there are people coming out or scared to come out, open mm -hmm. the door. Like one thing my husband says to all our other kids about Terrence and, you know, we also have a brother in law. I have a brother in law, his brother who's out that the one place they shouldn't feel scared or not being able to be themselves is in their family. The world is going to treat them one way. The love yeah, should be here this is where they should have a safe place to be who they are. You know, there's uh -huh. still certain things that, and I've told Terrence this, that I may not be able to understand if I saw him fully dressed up as a woman, I might fall out like a church mom. I, that's just <laughs> who I am. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is a little too much, but I would at least try to understand it. And I have, and they know I have many types of friends. They, uh, that I'm very close to trans everything and i'm always just like the first person to be like hey this is my friend it's my sister or my this is my best friend and it never has changed and i've gone to them to even understand better how to be a parent to terrence just so that he didn't feel some kind of way like i wasn't perpetuating something on him that was a standard he couldn't live up to like yeah, that's, awesome. that's so amazing and that's love 
that that's love. unconditional love. Yep. And that's all that we ask for from our families. Yeah. Yes. I'm hoping that we can get more of that in this community as well as just all the way around. Like I want yeah. other people to love us outside of our community, but in our community, we need to love unconditionally. There's enough going on that this one last thing. So I'm glad oh, that yeah. Shani, you're my cousin. And again, I've never seen you any other way than Shani. So yeah, you've been and a same, whole lot of things. Like, yeah. And even just for Terrence, I needed him to know that there were other people in our family that were comfortable in their skin. So yeah, there's a community outside of me because there are things I may not understand or be able to help him with that. At least he has older cousins and uncles mm -hmm. and things and people who he can speak to about it. Oh yeah. You can come to me anytime. I'm, I am the elder uh, lesbian in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are more than welcome. Both of you to come to me with any questions that you have that you feel like maybe a, a older gay can answer. <laughs> Cause I'm in my forties now. And, uh, there are some things that I know now that I didn't know then that I wish I had known as a young person coming up in a world that wasn't really designed for me. And there are ways to, to get around some of those blockades that we feel like, oh, well, I can't do that because of this. No, you can. There's just ways to do it. You know? I was going to say, and that the, mafia does look out for one another. <laughs> oh, 100%. We, we carry our babies. Mm -hmm. Our gabies is what we say <laughs> from our generation. We, we love to, uh, to mentor our youth because we know how difficult it is to grow up and to grow, period in a society that would rather not see you. And that's so hard. You know? So I'm thankful. And any other opportunities to have more of this conversation, I welcome them. I'm definitely yeah. here to ally because that's the biggest thing, even outside of just the LGBTQ2+, because I'm mm -hmm. getting all the numbers in the letters down every day. You can just call us the Rainbow Crew. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah, the Rainbow Crew. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm understanding that it's a need to have an ally because every day, even in white communities, there are allies to black and brown communities. So we need that just so we can start to bridge these gaps and to make these conversations less um, uncomfortable, make them more norm, make them understand that People are people and love is love. Yeah. That's what it really boils down to. None of us are really all that different. We all have the same goals, the same aspirations. We all want to be safe and we all want to be loved. That's it. It's really simple. And I'm here to love. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your time and your opinions. And I appreciate it always. Really? And I'm glad thank that we're you. all family. Thank you. So. This is always going to be a good conversation. So I will end. Oh, yeah.